0: hi guys thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Enneagram and marriage podcast this is a midweek episode I hope it will refresh you and I am so thankful and excited we get to talk about all things authenticity this week we get to talk with author Justin Davis now I can say USA Today bestseller Justin Davis because it's true and I just checked and it's still true and I am so glad because he is leaning into our conversations that we've been having about the book I met him through the book world during book launch week and and um, I'm so glad because he is all sharing that same heart with us. He and his wife Trisha about authenticity and his new book, "Being Authentic is Greater Than Being Perfect," is killing it out there. For that reason, we are desperate for that as a culture. So if you got to hear my episode Monday, you know that I want to really do this work with you, that we're all hiding something. I mean, literally even just like, hey, we're hiding the fact that we're tired or we're wearing makeup or, you know, we're hiding something's really big things. I This week in sessions, I had couples hiding just their inner thoughts and feelings together. I had a couple hiding a baby uh, that was exposed. Uh, So much gets hidden in life, in marriage, in relationships. We're going to talk about infidelity today. We're going to talk about all of the ways that we want to be healthier as a couple and not hiding and not in shame. And I'm so glad I got a chance between recording and also today with you to share Uh, just in reading Justin's book that I'm chatting with you about today. And I hope it can be a supplement to reading the book that we're doing together. I'm not running from that book, but this one feels like it's part of it in the sense that Uh, We're on that mission together with other uh, people. And then there'll be a few other authors that I have interviewed already that I'll be sharing over the next few months because I want to help supplement the work you're doing with me with people who have gifts outside of what I have. In fact, just before I started recording, I had somebody like that, one of my clients for couples work that said, I want to do some trauma care with one of your trauma therapists. So I made that referral. And so just so you know, I I will do that ahead of book, but we're not leaving book (laughs) because we have a lot more to discuss there. One of my favorite quotes from Justin's book is being honest costs you, hiding costs more. And I actually saw that one on his Instagram, but I love that quote because it's such a good reminder that we don't want to be vulnerable sometimes. And he sure knows that as an Enneagram 8, which we'll talk about. but, But the truth is, We know that honesty costs. And so sometimes that's why we don't share. We're like, I don't want to be rejected. I don't want that vulnerability. So make sure you tune in as we do this episode. Only other announcements I have is if you're listening live Wednesday, I'm going to be starting to do a series of Instagram Lives on Thursday as we talk about authenticity this week so that you might even get a chance to come with me and chat about it on my Instagram. So Thursday, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check me out there with hopefully you sharing questions, comments that you have, and I'm so excited about that. I also want to let you know that we are doing a uh, a coupon code for our faithful podcast listener and email audience, and that is uh, that my new book, any the Enneagram in Marriage, is available wherever books are sold. But get forty percent off now with free standard shipping when you order from BakerBookhouse.com and use the promo code EMBook forty. I checked out the code. It's in the show notes. It works. I also saw it on the Baker bestsellers list. I was happy to see that, but I'm really happy to let you know about that code so that if you've already bought the book, you can now buy one for friends, family, thinking about um, holidays ahead, just doing that. And so I'm making a plug for it because it's a project I believe in. And I also love discounts and coupon codes, as you know, (laughs) so we're hacking through that. But let's talk to Justin about being authentic and really finding our way through uh, the pages of of his life. I'm so grateful and honored that he would invite us into some of these stories. And I I know that that's what we love here. Is we love stories with research. So let's do that today with Justin. Guys, I have prepped you for this. Justin is here with us now. Justin, thank you so much for coming to the ENM pod.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I love the mission of this podcast and uh really appreciate just the invitation to be a part of it.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, we are so happy. You and I had so much fun, uh, walking through the Amazon new release bestseller charts together and, yes. in our, in our seven and eight, we were like cracking up as we're like, <laughs> Hey, you're winning. I'm winning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully marriages win. That's the that's whole what point. We
0: both wanted. And that's why yes. we connected. Cause we were like, it doesn't really matter. Like, it's just about that. And I shared that with my audience too. I'm like, guys, things like that come and go. However, I do want to stop to say, hello, you are now a USA today. Bestseller. Congratulations. I know. Well,
1: thank you so much. It's, um, Yeah, I I, I was sharing the story with you off air that um, I kind of woke up to a text message early yesterday morning Mm -hmm. and just kind of threw my phone running through the house. My wife was already up and and, uh, she thought something was wrong. My kids came downstairs. They thought something was wrong. I'm like, no, nothing's wrong. So it was was, a pretty cool moment. And I'm just hoping, you know, beyond you know, the title or the ranking, I'm yeah. hoping that it opens up conversations for people to be more honest, more real, yes. more authentic, so they can experience the life change that, that God has uh, prepared for them.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, that's exactly why I reached out to you in the first place was that title just stands out to me, obviously to everybody over the world. I'm like, okay, this book is over Elon Musk at this point. Like, this is awesome. (laughs) People are desperate for this message. I was just real with a lady at the post office today and she got so much more real with me just for giving this one little iota of vulnerability. So tell us Mm. about what made you want to write uh, Being Real, Being Perfect up. Actually, you share your title better than me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a little confusing because there is the greater sign, and so if you're if you're if you don't like math, you're going <laughs> to really like struggle it. with the title of this book. I like um, the book of that. but the the title is being real is greater than being perfect, how transparency leads to transformation. Mm-hmm. And it's really been kind of a 12-year journey uh, to get to the process of writing this book because in 2013 my wife and I wrote a marriage book um, mm-hmm. called Beyond Ordinary, When a Good Marriage Just Isn't Good Enough. Mm-hmm. And that book kind of was a he said, she said memoir of kind of the, the vision that we had for our marriage and then the destruction that took place in our marriage in 2005 mm-hmm. and kind of the restoration process. And so in that book, we talk about 12 principles that help you go beyond ordinary in your marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And As we would travel and speak on the book, and now we started doing marriage conferences in 2011, Mm -hmm. um, people would come up afterwards and say, well, how? How did you change? How did you really become different? Like, you know, you were a pastor and you failed morally. How did you actually become a different person? If you already had seminary, you had, you know, a Bible Mm -hmm. degree, you you grew up in the church. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't that enough? Yeah. And it became kind of a, a passion of mine to um, talk about how we all, it, we all desire to change. And so often what happens is we, when we don't experience the change that we desire, we pretend our way into the person that we think we should be or that we think others want us to be. Mm-hmm. And the premise of the book is, mm-hmm. um, God doesn't change who we pretend to be. God only changes people who are authentic. And come to him honestly. And so um, that really was kind of the journey of hopefully trying to answer. It's not a five happy hops to a better you that I would, I would be a New York Times bestseller (laughs) if it was that. Um, That would, that would be on the, that would, that would definitely be more digestible, but it's, it's not a, it's not hoops to jump through. It's more of a process that God takes us through to become the men and women that not only that we desire to be, but that we were created to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a long answer. Sorry. No, I love long answers. I think we all do because this is a complex question and it deserves time. I mean, when you named it, I was like, wow, he just named that question that has rolled around in my mind so many times. Like, For myself, for others, just the judgment we place on each other to be perfect. There we again come back to your title. And I love it because you're reminding us like in marriage too, even as I see what you wrote to your wife in the book about like, thank you for giving me the grace to be real. Like yeah. that is part of probably here. You guys are all over sharing at marriage conferences everywhere. Like this is what people probably really needed to hear. And I'm sure it was born of your own journeys. Can you tell our audience, they love to hear Enneagram type, first of all, but secondly, <laughs> just a little bit about you and Trisha and, uh, about your journey.
1: Yeah. So Trisha and I've been married for 28 years. Um, we are i'm an enneagram 8 which i reluctantly say as we've already <laughs> had this conversation um, and she's a, she's a 3 um Aww, and so yeah. you know we we function really well together we we're we're high capacity but we're also high volatility yeah um yes. and so um before we understood that we we got to a place we met in, we met at Lincoln Christian College in in Lincoln Illinois mm-hmm. um in 1993 and I was in love with me. I wanted her to be in love with me. Mm. And um, mm. <laughs> but my my love for myself and my arrogance was really born out of insecurity. I had a yeah. lot of trauma growing up. I had a lot of rejection and a lot mm. of um, just uh, a lot of fear that if people really knew me, they wouldn't love me. Mm. And um, and so we regravitated gravitated to one another and uh, became really good friends and then started dating, got married uh, the summer before my senior year of college. And so we were really young. Uh, four months into marriage, um, we found out that Trish didn't have the flu, that she was pregnant with our oldest son, Micah. And so here we are, you know, yeah. we're we're in college. Uh, oh I'm playing college basketball. Gosh. She, you know, she's working part-time, going to school full-time, and now wow. we're going to have a kid. And so mm. we graduated and just kind of dove headfirst into ministry. I, I became a youth pastor and we had this belief, if we love God and we love each other, then our marriage is going to go up into the right. Mm-hmm. And because of some of the hidden trauma and some of the hidden um, vices, I think you call in your call it in your book, um, mm-hmm. that I didn't feel comfortable confessing, my dysfunction just kind of began to progress. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. we 10 years into marriage and 10 years into ministry, we realized that we are really good ministry partners. We could mm. accomplish a lot, and yeah. we had become really toxic marriage partners. Mm. And mm-hmm. and and so um, our kids were nine, six, and three um, at, at the time, and I confessed to an affair that I was having with Trisha's best friend um, mm. in 2005. And we had just mm-hmm. planted a church three years earlier, and things mm-hmm. were going up and to the right with the church, but mm-hmm. um, there was just the dark part of my heart um, yeah. had kind of taken over. And it really just brought a, a tremendous amount of destruction, obviously, to to Trish, to our family, yeah. um, to to all of our friends, and and to our church family. Yeah. And so we were separated for two and a half months. Um, we didn't know if our marriage was going to make it. Yeah. And it was in that process that I I went to counseling for the first time, which yeah. is sad. Yeah, um, but that I it took that. it took that type of um, crisis to mm-hmm. to humble me enough to go to counseling and. Um, our counselor you know, said something in, in the course of our counseling. He said, you can't heal a wound you don't give a name to. Mm. And it, it kind of gave us permission to go back into not just our marriage, but into our own personal stories and begin to identify wounds and patterns of behavior and yeah. even ide- ideologies about God and ministry and, and, mm. and, and the performance of Christianity Mm. To begin to kind of strip those things away. Brendan Manning calls them imposters that we create Mm. Mm -hmm. and to begin to say, okay, even if no one else accepts us or loves us, we want to be fully known and we want to be fully loved in this relationship. And we, we have to pay That's, that's what intimacy is. It's being fully known and fully loved. And Mm. so we have to pay the price uh, of vulnerability in order to do that.
0: Mm. Wow, that's beautiful and very hard. You guys are very brave that you took that on. And as you said, and I hope everyone's pausing to just hear like there's layers here. There's layers of trauma. There's layers of hurt. There's layers of hiding. And like whichever type you are listening, you know the little paths you go down to advice. And, yeah. and you're just saying that this counselor was able to walk you guys through like, please name this, please see the wounds of each other. And I imagine mm-hmm. that was hard and heart-wrenching at times and so scary, especially in this eight space of being vulnerable to share what well, you think. If I share this vulnerability, it's going to kill me. And yet it right. didn't. It brought life. So tell us more a tiny bit of about
1: that. Yeah. So I, I, I wish I could say, um, Krista, that it all happened all at once. Right. Yeah, and like, right. we had one great. counseling session, we <laughs> high five, we're good. Yeah. Um, but we, we, we went to counseling for journey. the first month. Yeah, yeah. We went to counseling for the first month and 30 days into the counseling. Um, our counselor was like, you know, you guys are, are really making progress and, and you're doing well and trust is starting to be rebuilt. I, yeah. I w I hadn't yeah. moved home yet. We had circled a day on the counter that I was going to move home. Mm-hmm. And he said, Justin, if you've left anything out, now's the time to share it.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: unconfessed sin always leads to repeated behavior. And so mm-hmm. if you don't want to be back here in three weeks or three months or 13 years, yeah. you, you better yeah. come clean right now. And I, I knew, mm-hmm. Krista, that I had left things out,
0: yeah.
1: not because I wanted to hurt Trish, but because I felt like if she knew that, mm-hmm. it would be over. Right. And so we don't compromise truth in relationships because we want to be liars. We compromise truth because we want to be loved. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. we, we, we sacrifice being known on the altar of being loved. And we don't realize how um, crippling that is to intimacy, not just in our relationship with our spouse, but, you know, if you're, if you're a follower of Christ in our relationship with God too. And so. I I did muster the courage to confess, you know, that I had been sexually abused and that I had struggled with pornography. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and it was very, very painful. It it set us Mm -hmm. back. Um, Mm -hmm. But it was also this defining moment where Trish said, now I can start over. Now I can begin again, because I finally know the real you. Mm -hmm. And that became like a two year journey Mm -hmm. of, Earning trust and forgiveness, and counseling, and Aww. taking three steps forward and two steps back, and and yeah. and rediscovering not just who um, we were as you know people trying to reform and and reshape our perceptions of ourselves individually, but who we are created to be as a couple, and and understanding you know wiring patterns and. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, insecurities and fears that the other person had that, that we all bring into a relationship that begin to, when you're unhealthy, you begin to gravitate toward those unhealthy patterns and those become the defining markers of your relationship rather than the health Mm -hmm. and the strength of, Mm -hmm. of who you are individually and as a couple.
0: Mm. Yeah, that makes so much sense that you guys had to embark on that journey to really say, this is becoming a pattern, and now that we know this, and we're being honest, and that took courage on her part to sit with it, your part to confess it, and I'm sure there was both uh, of you confessing different parts of the journey along yeah. this long marriage you've had and will be more, right. just because that's we do confess in marriage, we do a uh, walk through journeys. Um, so I'm proud of you guys for doing that. Just as a friend coming alongside, that you were that uh, open, even though it was hard, and there's a risk there that your mm-hmm. spouse will move away and i do hear yes. that from couples a lot and i'm sure you guys yeah. do too i don't want to hear about this some of my couples say I, if they were sexually abused i don't want to know it's going to change everything and yet when we're coming unfettered together we can really love the person and be loved for who we actually are um yeah. so i'm proud of you guys in that way like that is a reward to just know i'm loved um and you talk about this in your book like Christians often wear this mantle of like perfection. Why do you think we do that when we know that vulnerability is what brings us love?
1: Well, I do think that there is this perception, you know, how we see God really is kind of the most defining thing about us. And I think, I don't know what the church culture that you grew up in, but I grew up in a church culture where grace, forgiveness, um, you know, understanding that wasn't really those aren't the memories that I have. I I have Mm -hmm. memories of judgment and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, getting your act together and, and faking it till you make it. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think, I think so often what happens is we perceive God, that God, because God is holy and he desires holiness from us. Mm -hmm. When we know that we can't achieve that, we're just going to fake our way into it or pretend to be more spiritual than we really are. Mm -hmm. And as I look throughout the new Testament, and even, even throughout the Old Testament, the people who were closest to God were some of the most flawed people. Right? I mean, <laughs> think about David. Yeah. I mean, David <clears throat> yes. murdered a guy, um, yeah. you know, or, or they ordered the assassination of a guy that he had mm-hmm. had an affair with, a, you know, his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the Apostle Paul, he mm-hmm. murdered Christians and then became the greatest evangelist of all time. And yeah. you look at Peter, you know, yeah. he was one of the three closest people to Jesus, denied Jesus. Thomas right. walked with Jesus for three years. Doubted doubted that he, yeah. Mm. And so it's, it's, it's this recognition, you know, Moses gets in arguments with God. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Elijah convinces God to change his mind. Like there's, because he's so honest with him. And Mm -hmm. and so I think there's this, this apprehension that we have of, we can trust those of us who are followers of Christ. We trust God with our eternity and our Mm -hmm. eternal destiny, but we can't trust him with our honesty. Yeah, And we can't trust him with our anxiety or mm. our fears or our yeah. insecurities because we think,
0: yeah. well, if God
1: knew that about me, he may not love me. Yeah. But what I've come to realize is that God knows us fully and he loves mm. us anyway. Mm. And that's grace. Right. Mm. And, and And so if we can adopt that posture mm-hmm. and not just know that about God, but begin to live mm. that out, it frees us up then to be more honest. Yeah. Yeah. And you know Jesus said in the New Testament he said the truth will set you free. Yeah. What he conveniently left out is it will make you miserable first. Mm. <laughs> yes. But but that short-term <laughs> misery for long-term yeah. freedom, I believe is a trade worth making and that's kind of the heart of the mm-hmm. book. Is I'm mm-hmm. trying to encourage people to pay the price for vulnerability, knowing yeah. that transformation is on the other side of that vulnerability. Yes.
0: Mm. Yes, and that is so key that you're saying it might be really hard but you're worth it. Otherwise you're going to slip into vice and it's going to be, as you learned and I've learned, it's a toxic ride down that will just waste you. And so I like how you're reminding coming up into this honesty and authenticity with God is worth it every time. Even if the people at your church will not fully get it, they're humans. They can only help to a certain point, but you and God uh, that's the place to do this journey. And that will give you the strength for you and your spouse to be able to say, okay, I can be honest with you because I know God loves me even if you don't Even if you have a hard time, even if you have to pause and collect yourself uh, and I have to wait and see on faith, are you going to accept me? Uh, Just this place of security in God is what I'm really hearing as one of your best messages that we all need so much. Um, Also, I like how you, you know, our audience here, we have uh, a lot of people who are Christians, some people who aren't, but I love that you're rallying cries out to Christians about authenticity. Can you tell us some of these rallying cries that you have for Christians as they're reading? Uh, just so that we can be a healthier community.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think for those of you that that aren't a part of a church or maybe you're de-churched or you consider yourself maybe deconstructing in your faith, one of the things that I've realized in 25 years of pastoral ministry is as you talk about people, as you talk to people about the church and by the church, I mean, not your local church, but the American church, mm. the big institution of the church. Mm. One of the things that is kind of a defining aspect of most people's perception of the church is judgmental, uh, mm-hmm. fake mm-hmm. hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there, there is this aspect now that more people are going to church than ever before, but very few people are changing. Yeah. And so how can we say that we follow Jesus, those of us who, who do, yeah. but then not experience the transformation? That we claim is possible through Him, and I think one of the hopes that I have for the book is that if you are deconstructing or you are dechurched or maybe you've been hurt by the church, yeah. I hope that the book gives words to the wounds that you felt. Mm. That we're all hypocrites. That we're, mm. we're all in mm-hmm. process that we're, we all pretend to be something that we're not at times, mm-hmm. but that doesn't change the faithfulness and the truth of who God is and mm-hmm. that God longs for us to come out of hiding. He longs to, uh, for us to give away our shame. He longs for us to, um, be brutally honest with him mm-hmm. and he's big enough to take that. And mm-hmm. And I think, you know, my hope would be, um, you know, that as we're honest with ourselves, as we're honest with God, and we're, as we're honest with others, it unlocks the transformation in us that we deeply desire.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I really think that uh, it's, it's just life and breath to people listening on the edge of their seats right now. Like, okay, yeah, I have given up on this or that community. And you're just saying like, being who you are authentically before God, you're going to find people on the journey who are trying to do the same thing. No one's going to do it perfectly, but with this grace and this positioning of humility before God, but also authenticity, this is going to be what helps you to get lift off in your dreams. And uh, I think this is a great part of your book that you include that I want to have you invite people to before we end today. And that is, Um, about shame when we are rising up in our gifts, we're trying to rise up into virtue, but shame keeps knocking at our door. What's something we can expect to learn in more detail from your book about that? Because I think that's one of my favorite pieces.
1: I really think, and I'm sure with the work that you do with Enneagram um, and and with couples, um, I'm sure that you run into the power of shame to diminish the gifts, the Mm -hmm. perception, the, the self-esteem that, that, that people have of themselves mm-hmm. and i think shame is one of the biggest um, inhibitors of spiritual and emotional growth um we are sometimes as parents we say you should be ashamed of yourself mm. um and and no one needs to feel um Permission to feel ashamed of stuff. we already do, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, we don't need someone to tell us we should feel yeah, ashamed of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, We 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 naturally feel shame mm-hmm. every time we make a mistake. Every time yeah. we say a word that that is cutting, mm-hmm. we we can replay, mm-hmm. um, you know, mistakes from our past over and over again w- without any rehearsal. Right? We just we can yeah. re- recall the things that we're ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I I talk about in the book is that there's a huge difference between self-esteem and self-worth. Mm. And your self-esteem is based on your perception of yourself. Your self-esteem yeah. is based on your past, your mistakes, your flaws, what people say about you, how they perceive you, whether or yeah. not you look fat in the mirror this morning, whether or not, yeah. you know, you felt like you were smart enough or compared mm. to your sister in high school. Like all of those mm. things factor into our self-esteem. Mm. Your self-worth is God-given. Your self-worth yeah. is not negotiable. Your self-worth is who you are because God has put his imprint and his fingerprints and his image in you. And it's not debatable. And I think as we're able to live from a position of self-worth, then we're able to put shame in its proper place. And I love what Brene Brown and the work that she's done in this area, but she, she talks about how shame convinces you that you're not just, you know, what you did isn't bad. You're bad because of what you did. And I think mm-hmm. when we live from a position of self-worth, we can say, yeah. I did mess up, but my mistakes yeah. don't define me. Yeah. And uh, and as we move past shame, then we're freed up to receive the transformation mm. that that we're most de- de- desperately desiring because I think shame tries to keep us in the past and mm. prevent us from experiencing the future that mm-hmm. transformation promises.
0: Mm. Yes. And I don't think that's just people in the quote unquote, if you're listening and you're like, well, I'm not in the shame tribe. I'm not a two, three, or four. All of us have a relationship to shame as humans. Like you said, we all feel bad when we do something wrong. And so that's innate within us for a reason, but it's not meant to cast us down. We already know God works through weakness, as you shared with all those Bible heroes, (laughs) heroes in quotes. (laughs) But like, you know, we can all have that. Like, you know, we can be a a saint of Christ because we we love God and we make mistakes. and, And he calls us. you know friends he calls us sons and daughters and so we already can wear that uh, but what we have to do is to understand you can have shame any type you are uh, and you probably do you might not even know about it but it's probably inhibiting you when you stop to think and you just Give yourself some time to pause and say, like, what's really behind my behavior when I'm doing this or that vice or sin, or I'm, you know, lashing out at my kids or my spouse. And there's probably going to be some shame there. And that's why I just think your book is so beautiful, timely right now in culture. We need that transparency together. Uh, This is so, such a gift to us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, Justin and Trish. Just. Trisha's vulnerability out there. Cause mm-hmm. you guys put your story out there together. And even yeah. this book project is yours as a family, as is all of our, our projects yeah. we do. So tell us what we can do to find the book. Where can we find it? What are the next steps? And especially also couples who might want to be part of some of the other work you're doing with your conversations and organizations you have in conferences.
1: Yeah, so um, my wife and I lead um, an organization or a ministry called Refine Us Ministries. You can find us at refineus.org. Um, and really it was born out of an overflow of our story. Um, Mm. as Trish says, we go first to give people permission to go second. And so we want to lead with vulnerability, um, of our own story to, to help people feel like you're not alone and you're not crazy. And so Mm. we have, um, you know, free PDFs, we have some different resources that you can download for free on our website. So that's, that's one aspect of being able to find us. Um, you can find the book on Amazon. Um, Mm -hmm. it's right now it's listed right behind Krista's. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, no, but uh, um, yeah, you can find it on Amazon. And what's what's so funny about the about this is when we wrote Beyond Ordinary it took us like six weeks to get, it's a, it is a marriage book and it's written by Mm. two people who are married and took us Mm. like six weeks to get into the marriage category. And this book isn't specifically a marriage book, but it's in the marriage category. And so it is what it is, but um, (laughs) you can find it on Amazon. um, And uh, you you can download the, uh, if you go to our website, you can download the first chapter if you'd like to try Mm. before you buy, but um, Mm. hopefully that it helps people feel known and seen that they're not, you know, that they, that they do belong and that they're not alone.
0: Mm, that's what we need. Thank you so much for this time on your busy schedule and book tour. We just so appreciate you, Justin. Thank you so much. Thank you. Ah. Oh. Thank you, Justin. Thank you for listening everybody else here. We're so grateful that you took the time to really spend with us. I know that you could be using your time in all kinds of different ways. And I'm so grateful that you're using it to better yourself and your family, ultimately through looking at yourself through this lens. So make sure you head on over if you want some conversations to dig in with me to Instagram live tomorrow, Thursday. Make sure to dig into Justin's book. It's beautiful to see his book out there uh, with Faith Elements as a bestseller. So it's in the show notes and you can also follow him at Refine Us Ministries and know that he's out there doing marriage conferences actively live right now with Trisha. And I loved being a part of their podcast too. They're just a delightful couple and they're very real and they've done a lot of good work. And I always like to uh, promote couples like that. So anywho, have a great week. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you.